Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. And provides unbiased answers. Good question, though, a good thought process, and always good to look forward. I think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax. Invest Talk, over 42 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888.99 Chart. At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is InvestTalk, independent thinking, shared success. InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, June 10th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I look forward to doing this podcast every day with you, and I appreciate you listening. I'm always careful to give you my straight and unbiased answers to your financial questions. Most of your questions are about stocks. I know that. I realize that. But all the data I have in front of me, I will share with you. And it is fairly accurate. I can't say 100% because I buy the data from third third parties. And they, you know, they, they do their best to give us the right information. I don't have any hidden agendas, and I'm certainly not going to try to push anything on you. We don't do that here on Invest Talk. Remember, this show will be mostly about you and what direction you want to go. As long as it's financial, I'm very happy to go that way, whatever it is. You want to talk about 401ks? You want to talk about insurance? You want to talk about anything financial? Real estate, which I think, by the way, I think real estate is going to have a, a hard summer this summer. Interest rates are going to be pretty... They're going to dampen that pretty heavily, I think. But we'll see. My goal here is to help you understand what's going on. What, what, what should you know? What's going on with the economy and with the stock market? And, you know, the more you learn, the better investor you'll be. And try to remember that we're, we're in a bear market this year. It started at the beginning of the year. And they don't last forever. They don't. So don't panic. I haven't seen anything panicking yet. I don't see anybody panicking. We had a bad day today. Market was down pretty pretty solidly today. But I don't see the panic because I don't see high volume. There was higher volumes in the Dow today. But actually in the NASDAQ, there was 5% less volume hit today than there was yesterday. So I don't see a panic. A panic would be where volumes are hugely increased from one day to the next. And the stocks are falling hard. I just don't see that. I don't see it yet. Could happen. Now, today's investing situation is very different than what we've been over the last several decades. I mean, we've had huge a, a, a period of, of growth stocks and liquidity 
And just cash from the Fed and the federal government spending crazy, that all, all that cash, you, everybody knew, everybody that is involved with the stock market and economy knew that we're going to have a comeuppance someday, and we're dealing with it today. It's called inflation. Okay, you can't, you can't keep spending money that you don't earn. Okay, and that's what, of course, the federal government is doing. You can't keep the interest rates at zero for long periods of time, like the Fed has done, and not expect asset values to explode up. And they have. Now we're seeing a retracement of that as as the Fed starts unwinding liquidity in their effort to try to slow down or stop inflation. So that's what we're dealing with. So it's very different. Inflation numbers came out in the CPI, and I I will talk about those in a little bit. I want to talk about bond yields rising and what that does to your portfolio and what is it good or bad for it. And, you know, oil oil is down today, $2 a barrel, which is nice. Um, Why was that? I I have a theory about that. So those are things we're going to talk about. So... Let's go ahead and get started. Let's take a caller. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. Give me a call. This is our Hi, first Steve call. Stephen Justin. I was just wondering, I, I took some profits back in December, January, February, and have been sitting on maybe 30, 35% of my portfolio in cash and was just wondering, when do you think would be the best time to consider putting that back into the market? Should I be slowly doing that now? Should I wait till later in the summer? Just whatever advice you can give me on that, I would appreciate. Thank you. I don't think the summer is going to be very good. I think it's going to be very volatile. I'd probably wait a few more months, a couple, three more months, and then start putting it in. Uh, you could start picking very, very few stocks right now. There are some bargains out there. But I, the bulk of that money, I'd wait till, I'd wait till you know, the end of the summer, the beginning of the fall to put it to work. I think we'll have a better understanding of what's happening by then. So that's what I would suggest. So anybody who has money on the sidelines, don't be in a rush to get it to work. You don't need to. It's no, there's no big rush here. You know, start getting, gathering your, start gathering the watch list that you want to invest in. All those stocks you've been watching that, boy, if it just ever got cheap, maybe I'd jump in. Get that list together. But don't jump in yet. Just take your time. My focus point today is based on the headline, stocks and bonds are down this year, but history teaches us not to panic. So we're going to talk about that. Do not panic. That's the worst thing you could do. Panicking in, panicking out, you know, that's not how you're going to make money. If you panic out, you'll guarantee yourself to lose money. I guarantee that. Because you just don't know when to get back in, when the time, time to get If you're going to get out of the market now, then you should probably just stay out of the market. Because it takes discipline to make money in the market. You don't, real, you don't listen to panic. And you can tell if you're panicking or not. You know that, oh, man, I can't lose any more money. I got to get out. I can't. You know, if you get, and you try to, and you get out because of that, then this is not the place for you. Okay, so also, as I said, maybe we can, I would like to talk about China. They, you know, they're reimposing partial lockdowns in Shanghai and Beijing, too. I don't know if you know that, but those things, we need to talk about those. 
Okay, oil being down, uh, bond yields rising, uh, and the, uh, the 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 big news that came out today that drove the market down. And you know everybody's thinking, oh, it's catastrophical bad news. I saw that in one of the headlines. I'm thinking, for inflation, catastrophical? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> What's a catastrophe? I mean, it's, it's not good. I'm not pretending it's good, but catastrophical? That's that's what headlines do. You know, they try to get your attention. They may not be ap- accurate, but they certainly get your attention. And that's their job, isn't it? There'll be no trivia question today because I will be sharing highlights from the KPP, new, pre, KPP newest premium newsletter. That's coming up at the halfway point of the podcast. So the Dow is down 880 points today, the NASDAQ down 414, and the S&P 500 down 117. The NASDAQ, percentage-wise, was the big down leader. It was, it was down 3.52%. The Dow was down 27 So the NASDAQ was down twice as much as the Dow. Pretty painful. And I know you've been listening, and I know you've been hearing that we've been saying for some time that, you know, it's not time to be in growth stocks. And the NASDAQ is full of growth stocks. Just, it's time to be in value stocks. We got, uh, over a year ago, we were we were suggesting that. Now, value stocks go down too. Don't, don't think, that, oh, they'll go up when the growth goes down. No, they'll go down too, but much slower. They're more, much more defensive at this point than growth stocks. Okay, so that's that's still that's still in play. I don't think that's gonna change for some time. Okay. So we're moving into a break, everybody. My invest talk phone lines are always open. They're open right now. 888-99 chart. Why do listener questions make InvestTalk better? Which of these would you recommend? Because each caller presents fresh questions in their voice. I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. When do I know the right time to take profits? Should I be looking for an exit? Should I be holding here? And listeners instinctively realize that InvestTalk uniquely offers a welcome dose of investing satisfaction. I think you have a terrific show, and I've learned a whole lot. Hey, guys, love your show. Uh, I've been listening for several years now, and I've learned a lot. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley understand what investors need and want. I would look at it from a tax perspective. If there's no tax implications, move on, find better ways to use that money. I'm going with the odds. I think a half position now would at least get you in it and get you watching it so you won't lose track of it. Don't forget to call Investor. 888-99-CHART. Each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Okay, we're going to go talk to Sid in North Carolina. How you doing, Sid? Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I have a question about Target. Uh-huh. Uh, it's in my radar for um, 
quite some time uh, all the way when the price was 230 but now it's currently at 149 today do you think from the technical point of view uh, long term this is a good price to get in of course even if it goes down i want to add more but do you think this is a good starting point uh, i like to hear your viewpoint thank you so much okay i appreciate the call and i would say not quite yet if i had my druthers i would like to buy it maybe around one it's at 149.67 per share target everybody tgt is the symbol um, and there's lots of support between 100 and 120 dollars a share and it's 149 I think it's going to go down a little further. There's no really support where it is um, right now. It looks like it's trying to hold this area, 150 area. But I think you got to give it some time. Um, I, there is no big rush. You're going to have. You're going to get an opportunity, Sid. You'll get an opportunity to get in target around this price or lower. But I don't think you need to think that it's going to pop right back up. It's not. So, uh, as I said, the opening the show, the summer is going to be very volatile. You might be able to pick it up cheaper. And uh, and I do like Target long-term. It's a really good company. Okay, uh, they're going to make $9.05 this year, which is a drastic retracement down 33% from last year. But next year, the earnings are going to be up 39%. And sales are still growing just slowly. They might shrink. So, I'm just thinking there's no big rush. So, Sid, you'll get an opportunity to get it at, at this price or better, and I think you should wait. Okay? Thanks for the call, Sid. On Fridays, I generally take time to do a quick rundown of the key benchmark number. So, let's go ahead and hit that. The two-year treasury yield is at 2.99%. Okay? Uh, last week is 2.65. So, that's a pretty big jump then in one week. Uh, three months ago, it was one9 13 weeks ago, it was 1.7. 24 weeks ago, half a year ago, 0.64%. So it went from like a little over half a percent to almost 3% in six months to two years. That's a huge jump. Gold was at 1860. Last week was 1850. So it's hanging around 1800. It was up today. It should, you know, with inflation rising so high, you would think it would be, you know, go higher, but, you know, the dollar's also getting stronger. And that puts kind of a kibosh on moving gold prices up. Oil, $119 a barrel. Last week was $118. Eight weeks ago, $97. Uh, 25 weeks ago, $66. $119. I think it got up to about $120, $122 this week. Fell a couple of dollars today. The national average for gasoline, four ninety eight. But don't be here in California. We're paying six forty two on average. Six dollars and forty two cents a gallon here in California. In North California, Northern California, Northern it's four sixty six. So Southern California is where the price where I'm broadcasting from, we're paying the most. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to stay pretty high, oil and gas prices, throughout the summer. I, I don't see it changing that much. 
in price. I do see price destruction. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I do see demand destruction by the higher price. In other words, people stop buying gas because of the high price. They're going to slow down. They're going to change their driving habits. I can see that happening. And that might mean we'll get some break on the price. We'll see. We're moving into a break. It's Friday, so I'll share highlights from the news, the newest KPP Premium Newsletter. That'll be about the halfway point of the show, by the way. My Invest Talk phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888-99 chart. By the way, that I mentioned, I said it was Northern California. It's North Carolina. They're at $4.66, not Northern California. My mistake. Sorry about that. Okay, uh, my focus point today. Stocks and bonds are down this year, but history teaches us not to panic. So don't panic. How long does bear markets last? What's the longest bear market we had? Do you remember how long the last one lasted? The 2008 bear market? Do you remember that one? Oh, it's a total of a little less than two years. And that's 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 not that's kind of long. History, you got to look at history. In 1920, the 1929 crash, which was the biggest crash ever, because after the Roaring Twenties, we had a huge up uh, stroke for Roaring Twenties. Okay, 1929, the crash came. And then what did the market do? How long did it take to recover? Okay. Um, bonds did fairly well in 1930, 1931. Um, but law, uh, so... You have to think about because interest rates were hiked up back then. So how long did it take to make your money back? Well, it took quite some time back then. It took uh, you didn't get back till about um, let's see uh, until 1945 after the World War. Okay, just did not. So that was your worst ever. Ever. How about the 1973-74 bear market? Okay, how long did that take? Okay, well, you didn't you didn't get back completely. Okay, until end of nineteen eighty two. Seventy three, seventy four market. Do you remember the two thousand eight? It was one year after that that it got completely back. Okay, so if your time horizon is long, don't worry. If it is short. You should have been defensive. Bonds are bonds are very good defensively, even though they've lost money this year so far. They've gone down in value. Interest rates rise as bonds. Uh, inter- when interest rates rise, bond values go down. This is why it's difficult to, when you talk about bond funds, because the net asset value, the value of all those bonds and those funds, will go down if interest rates rise. And we know interest rates are going to rise. The Fed says they're going to keep raising them. The longer duration of the bonds, the further down, the more downward pressure they'll be 
put on those bond values as interest rates rise. Just shorter bond durations won't be as affected as much. So, is it time to buy bonds because interest rates have been rising for quite a bit, right? 10 years at what, 3.4%? I would say you still want to keep it fairly short, the bonds. But it's smarter to actually own the bonds because you buy them at par, they will mature at par, and you'll get the interest rate between. So it doesn't matter if the value of the bond goes down during in between the the uh, the the initial initial date of the issuance of the bond to the maturity date. So what the bond value go down? If you hold a maturity, you'll get all your money back. If you own a bond fund or a bond uh, ETF. That doesn't happen because they keep reinvesting the bonds. And if it's a long-term bond fund, you're going to get hurt worse than a short-term bond fund. You'll still get the yields, but they won't make up for the loss. So just be careful about that. Understand how they work. Let's go to Richard in Valencia. Hi, Richard. Hi, Steve. Thanks for uh, taking the call. Um, I'm like trying to establish a portfolio that is diversified and long long term you know to to hold uh one of the holdings i bought was paypal and it's probably about four percent of the portfolio uh, i bought it as it was coming down remember it was as high as three hundred and ten dollars right. and my average cost on it is about a hundred and fifty nine dollars uh-huh. uh you know kept trying to buy it as it as it dropped and so forth well, now today it's you know close to eighty dollars. I guess my question, you know, having a, a, a average cost of about one hundred and fifty nine, it's down fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Is that one this stock one to hold and just wait it out? Uh, and you know, looking at maybe a five year time horizon, you know, in terms of this, you know, buy and hold at least, mm-hmm. hold at least five years, you know, kind of the, the Warren Buffett philosophy, yeah. or is it uh, better to sell some of it at this point, you know, given this particular company, uh, do you think it will be, a, you know, something that will do well in the long run? Yes. PayPal, P-Y-P-L, I do think it'll do well in the long run. Provides digital and mobile payments on behalf of the consumers and merchants worldwide. Uh, it's going to make $4.81 in the $79 stock. If it's in a taxable account, I might take the tax loss, wait a month and buy it back if it's in a taxable account because I don't think it's going to go up anytime soon. But as far as value, I think it's at a pretty darn good value. And I think it's finding support right around where it is. So, yeah, it's a good, solid company to hold on to. We're going to a break. My Invest Talk phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion 
and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. Hey, Justin, AC, hey, this is Mike from Florida, long-time listener, couple-time caller. I had a quick question. I'm a dividend investor and I was looking at the stock BCE. It's a Canadian telecommunications stock. And I do like it, but what I was reading online is that there is a tax on the dividends of 15%. Then I found another little clip online that said if it's in a retirement account, such as a Roth IRA, they actually don't take a dividend tax on that. Canada doesn't do the tax withholding on the dividend. I mean, I just wanted to know if you could clarify that for me. And then the second question I have is I've heard you talk about K1s and 1099s. Is there a website that we could go to to quickly find out if a stock gives a K-1 or not? 
I tend to do a lot of research into the investor relations on the, the businesses portal, and sometimes it just doesn't clarify. Thank you, and have a great day. I'm not sure about that uh, first statement that there's no taxes on the Canadian stocks and retirement accounts if it's a Roth IRA. I have you need to talk to your tax guy. Okay, he would know that much more clearly than I would. Um, so you need to call him because taxes are can be a strange animals. It depends on how much money you make sometimes, if and you may have to pay the tax and apply for a refund. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't want to answer you incorrectly. So I don't know, and I know of no website out there which will list for you what stocks are pay will pay give, provide a K one which stocks are are ten ninety nines. I don't know uh, any any website that will help you with that. You can buy data, which I do, that will help you with that, but not a free website that I know of. There might be one, so if anybody knows of one, I appreciate you giving me a call and let me know, and I'll you know I'll mention it on the air. So you know I wouldn't mind doing that at all. Okay. Okay, the KBP Premium Newsletter, I finished this morning, will go out tomorrow morning. So I didn't get to see the end of the day before I finished the newsletter. But the market was down six, 700 points when I wrote the newsletter. So I didn't think it would necessarily recover. In the market conditions sections, I explained the big economic news this week was CPI numbers, right? Inflation numbers. And inflation numbers were, you know, not good. Inflation rose 1% for the month, and that was up from 3 tenths percent the month before. Therefore, the yearly inflation rate is 8.6%. What was it, the yearly rate the month before? 8.3. What do they expect it to be? 8.3. How about the core inflation rate? The core inflation rate was 6. They expected it to be 5.9. The month before was 6.2. So core actually went down 2 tenths of a percent. So that was the primary inflation driver, oil, gas prices, and food. Okay, th- those are the big drivers. Um, it was disappointing, that's for sure, and I mentioned that CPI report, but the outcome was not unexpected, was it? We knew it was going to be high. Most Fed regional banks reported strong or robust price increases. Several districts said inflation had slowed a bit, while others reported that customers are starting to resist price hikes. The Fed thinks it's it can slow inflation without pushing the economy into recession. That's what they think. But it has never succeeded with this tactic when inflation has been as high as it is now. Did you know that? course we haven't seen this high inflation in 40 years or so but there have been unsuccessful each time inflation is this high in in killing inflation by raising rates without killing the economy Uh, okay in addition to this week's inflation news job jobless claims rose to 229,000 now in context of history this is still a very low reading but the week before, the number was 202,000. And expectations were for a reduction to 195,000. So jobless claims are a leading economic indicator. So this is an important number to watch. Okay, and of course, there's a lot more in commentary in the, in the newsletter that I leave for you. You can, you can read it and get that 
you know, that information. I provide two stock ideas every time, every week. The newsletter comes out every week. Okay, this one uh, was just one of them was uh, provides local exchange, long distance service, network access, broadband services in 37 states. And it's a $12 billion company, PE ratio of six, return on equity is 18%, and the dividend yield is 8.6%. So I kind of liked it. Okay, kind of like it. Uh, and the other one provides local exchange, long-distance network access, and wireless services for the U.S. and around the world. It's a $150 billion uh, uh, operation with P.E. ratio of 6, like the first one. Return on equity is 15% instead of 18, and it pays a 5.3% dividend. Okay, you own both these stocks for the dividend, so you want that. And by the way, we own both stocks in some of our managed accounts. Okay. Let's go to Bill in Northern California. He wants to talk about the Dow. Hi, Bill. Hi, hi Steve. Actually, not the Dow, but Dow uh, Incorporated, uh, the chemical company. Okay, D-O-W. Dow Inc. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, Dow Inc. You- um, well, you know, it's got a really good dividend, and I was looking at their dividend history, and I, I noticed right away that they, uh, in the last years, their dividend hasn't increased. Then I went back on the NASDAQ uh, website. They show uh, they go back further, like 10 years or more on there. And, and they, they go like two, three years, and then they jump it up quite substantially, but they only do it about every three years. And I've noticed other companies that do that. Uh-huh. And can you tell me more about that process, uh, why they would do it in that fashion than just wait <laughs> and then have a, a large increase? Yes, I can. Usually it's because it's a cyclical stock, and when they have a really good cycle like they're in now, Dow Chemical provides material solutions to consumer care, infrastructure, packaging, markets worldwide. So when they have really good years, you know, they, they, they eventually increase their dividend. And they're probably due for an increase here not too long down the road. They pay, they're going to make eight dollars and eight cents this year, but they made nine dollars last year. But the year before it was a dollar sixty six and two seventy two. I mean, it, this is this year, last year, this year, next year is the three highest years of earnings for Dow. Okay, and it's a sixty one dollar stock, so the PE is under what? It's about eight, something like that. Uh, we're sl- below seven. I got but yeah, uh, yeah. So that's at the very lower end of its range. Return on equity is very good at 44%. That's excellent. And their sales growth is, most recent growth is 28% in the most recent quarter. I, I, yeah, I think they're probably going, they, they're going, they definitely have the money. The cash flow is $13.07 a share. So, they, yeah, they're very healthy and can easily increase their dividend. And I think they probably will. Uh, they might want to see how the, you know, what this, they might be a year from now when they increase it, however, because they probably want to wait to see what the Fed's going to do and what that will do to the economy. I think that's what they'll wait. So, but yeah, certain companies don't do it every month. You know, there's a book out there called uh, Dividend Achievers. It comes out every couple of years. I think it's by Merit, M-E-R-R-I-T-T, uh, Dividend Achievers. You should get that. If you're a dividend investor, They all they do is list all the dividend-paying stocks, and they give you histories of their dividend-paying, uh, 
they give you various um, uh, it's just a great book if you're a dividend investor. It's a good reference book to find those dividend stocks. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. If you're paying attention to the calendar, you know summer will be here very soon, June 21st. First day of summer, June 21st. And I bet that a lot of people feel like 2022 is moving pretty fast. Some might think it's moving slow. But we've had a lot of volatility in the market, as we all know. It is actually higher in the summer normally. You might be tempted to take your eye off the ball and enjoy a mental getaway, but that will almost surely be a mistake, really. Volatility means you need to pay attention every day. So I think it's worth um, taking a minute or two to make you aware of some of the benefits Steve Peasley, myself, and Justin Klein can give a client investor with us at KPP Financial. We are based in Irvine, California which is in Orange County in Southern California. And let me remind you that here on Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So how do we implement that? What do we mean by that? Well, we provide unbiased guidance, as you know, but also parallel investing, where we buy and sell the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients at the same time, same percentage, same price. So... You know, we like to be in our programs. We have five. We like to be in there with our clients and doing well or bad or whatever with them, being on the same side of the table. It just makes sense to us. Why would we recommend you buy something or stay in the market or not stay in the market and not do it for ourselves? We would. Wouldn't, wouldn't, doesn't that make sense? Of course it does. Okay? So we are a little bit different. We're truly different than other funds. We will help. We would love to look at your portfolio, but we don't need to be your 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 money manager. We would like to be, but we don't need to be. We'll be happy to help you and determine whether you're in the position that you need to be in uh, by asking a few questions about how much risk you want to take and whether that portfolio matches that risk. So we would love to help you. All you do is give us a chance, and we'll help you. Okay, so we will help you. We'll take a look at your portfolio and we'll help you optimize as best we can so that you can make the money you want to make or protect the money or earn the dividends or depending on you. Okay, KPP Financial, everybody. Okay, uh, CPI, as I mentioned, was high. Um, So year over year, it stands at 8.6%. That's what, a 40, 50-year high? So that's pretty tough to take. Oil, though, was down $2 today. Down $2 today. Um, that, I think we're seeing demand destruction. I think we're going to see some of that. Have you heard the saying uh, that the solution for high prices is high prices? Because people will stop buying. Now, you can't stop buying gasoline. You can't stop buying home heating oil. You can't stop, you know, you can, you know, slow it down and change your your habits to not use as much. And that's what will probably happen as prices at this sky high continue. So I think we're still, I think they're still going to go a little higher. Gasoline prices anyways. I think they'll go higher. I think we're getting close to the oil top. But no one really knows. It could still go up. You know, but... I think we're seeing some 
demand destruction, people changing their habits. And we're doing that just as we're entering the most uh, prominent time of driving season, the summer, right? And I know from COVID, everybody wants to get out and take their vacations and everything else, and consumers have money to spend. So that's going to, you know, the demand destruction is not going to be very heavy. It's not. So, because of people wanting to get out. Okay? So, 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. I saw today that China is uh, reimposing partial lockdowns in Shanghai and Beijing. You know, that is going to continue the process of, of supply chain interruptions. I don't see how that can. I don't see how that cannot be destructive for the supply chain. Now, how destructive? How problematic is it? A lot of um, corporations have been pretty smart in getting their inventories high, and they are high right now, to try to weather any any. Uh, any interruption in their supply chain because they've been dealing with it for well over a year. Now, the supply chain has improved. If you'll note, and I mentioned to this uh, you know, a couple days ago, that the supply chain inside the United States is pretty good. That's not the problem. The problem is shipping, okay, coming from other parts of the world and mostly from China. That's what happens when you get dependent on imports. You're, you're, you're subject to those kinds of problems, supply chain problems. So I don't think it's disastrous. I don't think uh, we can't survive this, but it is a problem. Um, and, and there are certain supply chain things are improving, we could see. But I also saw that here in Southern California, there's a possible strike by some of the dock workers. That could be an issue. <laughs> so it, it's ongoing, everybody. It just is. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline SEC Chief Gensler, Gensler has unveiled a plan to overhaul Wall Street stock trading. Uh huh. That's not going to be very comforting for the market. Okay, he says he wants to boost competition. That's what the plan is going to do. We'll see. That's to Monday, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Okay, Justin and I have said many times that we really appreciate the diverse audience we have. And in fact, we receive caller questions from across America and around the world. So let's take a question now. It's it's time for it, this time from a listener from Germany. Hello, Justin and Steve. I have a question about cutting down some 
Well, my energy stocks, I am 30% in energy. I have Exxon, Kinder Morgan, One Oak, Devon Energy. And Exxon is now 20% of my portfolio. I bought it below $40. And I was thinking, uh, should I cut it in half after the summer? Because I think, I mean, we're now at the top and uh, there might be some headwinds coming in fall, winter. So maybe... I should trim it in summer because, um, I mean, a correction seems to be due. So, yeah, I'd like to have your opinion. What's your – I love the show. Well, I'll tell you what. ExxonMobil, X-O-M is a symbol. You know, everybody knows who they are. Worldwide exploration, transportation, driller, you know, even natural gas. Worldwide, they're going to make ten dollars and ten cents this year, but they're going to make eight sixty-two next year. It's a hundred dollar stock. So right now it's a ten PE based on this year's earnings, but it has done nothing but go up. So I and if you have doubled or more than doubled, I definitely and it's a big part of your portfolio. Sounds like it's very heavily weighted the oil industry. I would cut it down. And I would go to take some cash off the table, and I wouldn't be in a rush to reinvest that cash, as I said earlier in the hour. Just take your time. Summer's going to be volatile, and let's see where it takes us. Okay? So XOM. Now, if you don't have any XOM or any of the big oil companies and you're looking to get in, wait for the pullback because they are pretty extended. They've had a really nice run. And could they run more? Sure. And I do believe you need to be in the commodity space, and big oil is a commodity. But um, some, you know, they're 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 pretty extended right now. Even though the P/E ratio is still very reasonable, but it's not necessarily cheap. Okay. Good congratulations, by the way. That's great. Maybe we can squeeze in one more short question. Let's try. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Mike from Maine. I'm just calling to get your opinion on stock symbol DAC. I bought a position a little over six months ago and have watched it fall back down from its high earlier in the year. Is this a stock that I should continue to hold or would it be best to get out? Thanks for your input. Okay, it provides international seaborne transportation services to some of the world's largest liner companies. Dan, Dano, Danios Corporation. D-A-C, D-A-N-A-O-S, Danny, Danios Corporation. Uh, they're out of, where are they from? Greece. Not from Greece. They're going to make, uh, they're $71 stock. They're going to make $27 a share this year, $25 a share next year. And these types of stocks are feast or famine, by the way. This stock was $3 in 2020. Now it's 71 I would say it's had a huge run. Their P ratio is one to eight, so don't think it's going to just, you know, take off because it's so cheap. No, they 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 have a very low P ratio. They have quite a bit of debt. Management owns forty percent. Mutual funds have been buyers, and it's a one point four billion dollar company, so it's small cap. I would I would take some profits off the table. Um, uh, if if it pays a four point two percent dividend, but th- these kind of transportation sea seaborne transportation companies services, they're notorious for huge dividends one year, then none the next. 
huge sales one year and very little the next. So you just got to be really careful. And this would be the time to sell because it looks like it's topped. Okay. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. Dustin Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us. It's a free podcast. You know it's all free, and you can download it. Now, you can you can get it at, from iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and if you do download it from iTunes, we would love a rating to help with our profile. So, spread the word, everybody. Independent thinking and shared success. This is Invest Talk. Enjoy your weekend. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.